A Gentleman's Chat, with your hosts, Billy and Ian. Thank you for tuning in with us here on episode four, where we have a lot to discuss in a little amount of time. That's true. Ian, I'm going to get right down to the nitty gritty of it, okay? We're not going to celebrate our one month anniversary or nothing. We're getting right into it. Last week, at the end of the show, I discussed that I had ordered a debit card finally. Yeah. Figuring it was 2019 (laughs) and it was probably time. I got it in the other day. I think it was actually two days ago. I have got some experience. I would like to first of all formally apologize to those that I offended by saying it was dumb to have your bank account information on your phone because I now get it. Because I've used my debit card a few times and I'm like, I wonder how much money I have in my checking account still. Because like, I didn't put overdraft protection on it because I was like, I'm never going to use this debit card. Yeah. Why do I care? But I was at Burger King the other day. Because I went to school, I had to get one final book to do my homework over the weekend for my theory class, and I, I'm on my way back, I'm like, great, I've got $3 cash left in my pocket, because I used up all the cash that I pulled out for the week, and I was like, great, I've got a $3 coupon for a double cheeseburger like meal from Burger King. It was like noon, and I hadn't eaten yet that day, so that sounded pretty good to me. So I rolled up in there, and I handed the gal the coupon, and I got my $3 ready, and I was like... Son of a gun. They're going to charge me tax. And the gal behind the counter is like, yeah, we're going to charge you tax. It's $3.15. I was like, ah, oh, thank God I've got this debit card. So I pulled that bad boy up, threw it on in there, and it worked, which was shocking. I was like, this is great. And we then went to Office Max and Walmart. And at the end of it, I was looking at the receipts. I was like, I just what? spent four grand. <laughs> yeah, and, well, and, uh, furthermore, I was like, man, I wonder how much money is left in my checking account. Because like, I was doing the mental math. Mm-hmm. But never trust my mental math, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> you mental math is not an excuse. One plus one plus four is nine minus yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, when you call up your bank, you're like, "Sorry, I overdrafted." I did mental math. Like that, that doesn't work. Yeah, an yeah. So, oh yeah, don't, no worries about it. We'll mark that off for yeah, you. <laughs> so on the car ride over, I was like, you know what? Those people that have their bank account balance on their phone are dumb as hell. But I get it. It makes a little bit of Do sense. Do you actually have your bank account information on your phone yet? Not. Okay, Absolutely okay. Absolutely not. I thought about it the other day. I was like, man, wouldn't it be? No, it wouldn't be. <laughs> no, no. Billy, what is wrong with you? Oh, and then I moved on. Good thing you snap back to reality. Yes. I keep all my receipts and I keep a logbook. Yeah. And then, of course, every week when I go into the bank, they tell me. So, But I'm only three days in. So far, my experience has been enlightening. Although, I'm always afraid it's going to get declined. That, See, no matter how much money you might have in the bank, there's always that slight problem. Because even yes. if it's a technical glitch. Yes, like, exactly. You're out, nice restaurant, treating whoever your choice preferences. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't worry, I got this. Swipes it. They have to bring it back to your table and they'll act all solemn. Um, sir, um, y- your card, it didn't work. I mean, it didn't work. I have twenty-two grand in there. <laughs> How does it not work? Swipe it again. Like I, I don't no, know. Sir, sir, like... sir, sir we, we we tried that. <laughs> oh, I love how they always. Sir, we we know we know we tried that. Like, gosh dang it! Yeah, and of course I don't keep a lot of money in my checking account, so I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still a cash guy. Although I will tell you my actual fear because I thought my card is gonna get declined because mm-hmm. I activated it a few days after I got it because it was just sitting on my desk. I was like, I'll get around it, whatever. I don't care. And uh, so I activate it. I then went and played disc golf with a buddy, 
And afterwards, I'm like, hey, why don't we go to Dairy Queen? And I get there, and I was like, oh, shit. I don't have any cash on me. <laughs> Wait, I've got this debit card that I activated a couple of hours ago. <laughs> I don't know what the turnover time on it actually being activated is, but we're about to find out. And it wasn't one of those where, like, like you insert the card or swipe the card. Oh, yeah. The guy took it from me <laughs> and put it in on his side, and I was like, oh, no, this guy's touching my card now. And it's a debit card, so if it doesn't run his credit or if he has to ask for my PIN, yep. I have to do this transaction. I was I was genuinely very scared because the buddy I was with, he just quit his job. Oh, so it was like yours or nothing. Well, that's not true. I, I, it's not... That's not true at all. But just in my head, of course, <laughs> as things escalate, it's like, this guy is like, it's, uh, it's, uh, next thing you know, I'm over there having a full-blown anxiety attack. It's like, so your card went through fine. It was a whole $4 we charged you. It's like, oh, thank God, because I was real scared. You just sweat pouring <laughs> down your face. <laughs> I almost rechecked my wallet. Like, you know when you look at your wallet deeper, like you, like you poke around oh. the bottom of it, hoping there's like a couple quarters down in there. I actually always do that to this date. I've actually had a debit card and a credit card for quite a few years now. But every time I use an ATM especially, I will put it in my wallet in the same pocket. I have specific order as everyone should. Organization is key for good finance. Yes, yes. And then for the next five minutes, I'll just be walking along. I'll pull out my wallet, make sure it's still in there. Pull it back yes. out, make sure it's in there. I never want to leave it in an ATM. That is... It's like vulnerable. I feel like... That's that's like a part of you that's just being left in something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not draw any comparisons to uh, you know, other actual yeah, materials exactly. that, that might equate to. But you're right, it is. It's like carrying around your social security card. Oh. People that do that upset me. <laughs> I like when people do that in their wallet. Along yeah. with their driver's license, all of their cards, yeah, like, everything. Yeah, yeah, like they take the driver's license out. And on behind it is their social. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? I don't even put a picture of my family in my wallet, let alone something like my social security card. Right? If, uh, <laughs> if any downfall happens when my wallet's found, there's one picture in my wallet. It's Peter Dimestrup. You know what? And they'll be like, that is one sexy man. That's yeah. a good looking man right there. <laughs> That's who we're looking for. Yeah, I don't keep anything. Well, my wallet is conveniently sitting right here. I have my driver's license. I've got my Eagle Scout card just in case I need to woo any police officers. <laughs> they Usually I put it on top. It's like, oh, sorry, sir. I need to move this Eagle Scout award. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. It gets me out of tickets sometimes. And then I've got a business card. And how much? I've got $2. Just like that, you're infinitely richer than I am right now. <laughs> well... Yeah, you put we went we went out to dinner last night and you pulled out a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. In my defense, I was planning on playing with card because I'm like I, I used up my cash yes. earlier in the week. But then I'm like getting to do you have any like singles to break a twenty for tip? And I'm like I have a single <laughs> have to break eight, that twenty. I have a dollar. Yeah. yeah, I've been there. <laughs> Although one thing about carrying a card is that there is that get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Very literally, it is a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's fantastic. Like, if I go golfing, it's like, ah, the round was supposed to be 18, but they charged me 21. Yeah. Before, it'd be like, guess I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, all right, we can sort this out, whatever. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yes. So, 
<clears throat> in, in, in preparing for this week, because sometimes I think about topics, like if I'm sitting at my desk or when we were out to dinner last night, we were discussing a couple of things, and it, it kind of got me thinking. Online dating. <laughs> this is something you and I have never discussed before. This is true. It's been on my mind a lot recently. Is there any particular reason? Just like <laughs> clearing the water right here. Is there any particular reason you want there, to talk about online dating? There is no particular reason. Okay. I'll, I'll, I, it was just curious to me. Yeah, it was yeah. An interesting. I, I get it. Hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 buddy. Okay. You're not going to find me on Tinder anytime soon. Well, I certainly hope not. I'm another guy. I'd find you on Grinder. You find <laughs> You know, what was funny is, like, I think it's probably been a dozen people in the past week have said, dude, Tinder's the place to be. <laughs> and so I started asking people, because, like, I am not in that world. For people that don't know, you obviously do. I, I'm i not a Tinder guy. I'm not a college party guy. Never been hammered. Never done drugs. Like, we're just, I'm just a straight yeah, guy. It's it's weird. It's, I do not belong at college. I really don't. Like, my personality does not fit <laughs> With those people. So I was asking around. I was like, so like Tinder, is it really like worth it? And I have gotten a 50-50 response. 50% of people of the dozen have said, no, it's completely worthless unless you just want to have like some friends with benefits. And I was like, oh, that's not me. And the other half were like, no, man, like you, you might find someone really good. And I was like, no, I don't think I will. I feel like the, re- the people who say that, like you'll find someone really good. They're on Tinder because they want to get laid. They don't actually care about <laughs> yeah. the relationship. <laughs> yeah, the relationship so, is... in their mind, yeah, you'll get someone really good. Like, a nice C cup, all yeah. well-rounded. <laughs> nice and you're sitting there, I'm like, have you talked to her? Oh, no. I, I have no idea if she even exists. But we're going to go bone next week. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what her face looks like. Yeah, right. You know what? Like... <laughs> oh, that is no. true. How could you base a relationship? Like, you're on Tinder. I've... I've made like a spoof Tinder account to see what I could get. Just sit there and how the app works. I don't know if it's left or right. Obviously, I know it actually keeps it. But I just swipe. Yes, 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 yes. Not even paying attention and see what I get. <laughs> so you're playing Russian roulette. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. I've, a lot of people will respond back and you'd be surprised how easy it is not to get a relationship. That's mm-hmm. not what I found Tinder at all. My entire experience, how easy it would be just to get laid. Yeah. My entire Tinder profile right now is a picture of a cat, a bio that says, I hate everything and I am a touch abusive. (laughs) (laughs) And then absolutely no likes and like that light column or whatever. And people will still comment back. (laughs) There are some thirsty girls out there, I guess. Yeah. It's... I, I was told through the grapevine that Bumble is the place to be. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is I, either. I, I'm assuming it's some sort of other dating app. You know, we can figure this out right now. I, I think it is. I would uh, Two people, simul- like back to back, like two separate conversations. They're like, why would you go to Tinder when you could go to Bumble? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Does it look... I am not good at relationships, folks. Like, uh, especially online dating because I... I just have something against it. I don't know, like, if I just don't want to stoop myself to that level. Like, I feel like it's me dirtying myself. Maybe that's really, like, like uh, pompous of me to say. But I just cannot see myself doing, like, 
Tinder, Bumble, Grinder. You mentioned. I yeah. don't know what that is, but sure. Grinder is just gay Tinder. Oh, that, that's it. Definitely ain't gonna catch me <laughs> on there. Uh, nope. <laughs> The biggest problem I found with it, I looked at Bumble, it looks identical to Tinder. Oh, fantastic, okay. <laughs> is you're not actually meeting people. You're not really forming a relationship. You're forming a connection with a personality that someone is trying to pass as themselves. And this was my deeper topic. I wanted I wanted to discuss the goods and bads of online dating. Because it isn't just Tinder. Yeah, It's no. also like farmers only, Christians only, uh... B- b- Plenty of fish? Isn't that like the bit? I don't know. I Dodecahedrons, pencil heads. Yeah, pencil. Like. <laughs> There's got to be like, you know, uh, some minority only. Like, I yeah. feel like they. I don't know why they're all only. I feel like these people are really narrowing their scope. It never they're... works. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, right? Christian Mingle, they're. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of ads with that. Me too. And it seems really odd, because that doesn't really seem like the most Christian way to meet people. Well, and they're all over 50 and divorced. Yeah. Or their significant other died. Which is a bit more depressing, but That's yeah. a lot more depressing. I don't know if I... I would probably just want to live out the rest of my days lonely after that. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Imagine trying to be the other half of that. You have to try to bring yourself to a relationship where they're coming out of a death. I, How would you fill that gap? That it... Unless you're someone else going through a death. Yeah. That is... I mean, that's rough. And I actually have a, a family friend that has done that. His wife, you know, they were married for like 20 years, had two kids. She tragically died of cancer. I was there when she died. It was just... I mean, just heart-wrenching. Yeah. It was just terrible watching this fantastic human being just fall like that. And then, you know, he was just like... Locked in his house and at work, you know, just like dealing with it for five years, ten years. And then he got back out there and he found this another fantastic girl and he got married a couple years ago. And I was like, I don't know how the heck you did it. I don't either. Because I haven't even gone through death. I've gone through just regular breakups. I'm like single from the womb, single to the tomb. Like I'm not doing this again. Yeah, it it could be rough. But you're right. Online dating. I don't. You're not you're not making that connection. No. You're not. Like, I talk to friends online that I've only known online. Mm-hmm. And it's completely different than you and I sitting here every week having an hour-long conversation. Yeah. I just... I feel like it does more bad than good. It definitely can. Be- especially because it, it means you can, like... It means you can hide behind this online personality yeah but at the same time since the market is so big everyone is so judgmental if i'm swiping a direction left right up down (laughs) i don't know what the heck it is whatever if i'm swiping right on people that is to me in some way is just immediately objectifying yeah i feel like that's the only way they can really make dating apps though because you don't have a connection you're not actually meeting this person so then the objectivity of your best possible self is just displayed. And yeah. that's what you're trying to sell. The problem is you can't build a relationship on that is because relationships are not built or grown on the best possible version of yeah. oneself. It's actually built on usually the worst yep. or average because that's who you are most of the time. Let's be real. Yeah. So it's incredible, incredibly disingenuous to try to play off everybody as their best possible self all the time 
and then judge others for not making sort of that leap to their best possible self. Yes, yes. And I have noticed women do this more because I was watching on the internet some, you know, like uh, video makers out of Los Angeles, whoever they are, whatever, Jubilee or whatever the name of the channel was. And it was like um, dating in person. Like, you know, you there's 10 people and it's like Tinder, but in real life. And it was shocking to me that the women would score men significantly lower on physical oh, appearance yeah. and personality. Like they'd look at a, a, a guy that you know, regular looking man and give him a four. Whereas if a guy was looking at an average girl, he'd give her a six. Yeah. And that, that disparity, that yeah. is, that is an interesting thing to me. I feel like that's a lot of different like ladies, for example, are much harsher on certain aspects and men on the other. So when you're entering the dating scene, women, not even just to men, but them like each other are way harsher on looks. They're way harsher on different personality traits that are deemed like cute or um, not necessarily beautiful, but effeminate yeah, and whatnot. Yep. Whereas guys, looks play a role. And I feel like guys get passed off as way too harsh when they're looking at different women and whatnot and they're the judges. For the most part, guys care more about if they can tolerate the yes. woman they're looking for, yes. whether or not she looks good. Whereas women, they tend to have the mindset, whereas, well, if he has some shining characteristics or if he's really pretty or if he's really rich, I can work with that and we can work on the other stuff. Yes. We'll make that better or just ignore that. Whereas guys, they don't really care about... The top, top. They just, you know, want an actual... Yeah, like if you were person. to put it into an analogy, women care what the house looks like, not the foundation. Men really care what the foundation looks like, yeah. and they can build the house on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. That is pretty harsh. So it creates that divide, because men, especially like initial opinions and dating apps, that's pretty much all you get is the initial opinion. Yeah. Men kind of struggle, I feel like, in that environment because, as you said, they're they're at, after the foundation. But you can't tell what someone's foundation is by a couple pictures and some emojis. Yes. Whereas women, if they care what the house looks like, if a man, even if it's a complete lie, if he knows how to present himself, that plays him off in their eyes as much more capable than someone who... Maybe he doesn't know how to present himself in the best light, but he's pretty great all the way around regardless. Yes. Yeah. You know, maybe selfishly, I feel like I fall into that category because <laughs> I am terrible at presenting myself sometimes. I mean, obviously, in a professional environment, that's where I'm comfortable. It's yeah. That's what I'm good at. It's what I do. But normally, like, if I'm just walking around either the college campus or if I'm at a bar somewhere... Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of me, and I'm not yeah. really looking for. I just feel like what women and men look for are different. I yeah, guess is what you, you don't go out into public on the daily basis with the aim of being presentable. You go out into public to complete whatever goal you're going out to public to do. Yeah, like say you want to go golfing, you're going to go golfing. You're not going there to be the most charming and likable and handsome guy on the golf yes. course. 
I'm not going to wear my suit jacket to the golf course. Yeah, exactly. It is Nike, you know, nice nice polo shirt and some some uh, shorts. Yeah. Which is stylish, don't get me wrong. But I'm not wearing a suit coat. Yeah. Here's an interesting idea. Well, actually an interesting thought, piggybacking off this online dating thing. Is the internet better or worse for people? Because we talked about this last night and I told you about... Uh, a video I had seen of an interview of teenagers in today's world. And one of them said that the internet was the best thing that had ever happened to him. I, I just don't, I, I don't get that because overwhelmingly we're finding that actually while the internet and social media at large can be good for people, really it's showing higher rates of anxiety depression, suicidal thoughts and or actions. I mean, women particularly take it hard because they feel like since they're more typically built off of looks, they take a lot they of pressure care what other that. people. Yeah. Um, like I I found this a lot in my relationship because it's the standard yes. man woman. So there's a great divide. I found women they care I would say 80-20% split. 80% of how they feel are how other people view them. Yes. They care so much about that that they spend time. They might not even care if they go against something they believe in as long as they look good to the people around them because that's how they get their security. That's how they get their confidence. Yes. Whereas guys, I would say it's an 80-20 split the other way where they're a lot more strict to their values and they don't care for the most part what other people think of them. Yes. So... They usually come across a lot brasher and a lot more brutish. Yeah. But not in a not in a way that's trying to hurt anybody. It's just that's not what they care about. Yeah. And I think that is a very factual statement. Because I know there are people listening to this right now, like men and women are the exact same, because that's in our, you know, social uh, social culture, we are slowly trying to teach people that men and women are the exact same when in actual reality they're different. Yes. Just at a fundamental level, the way they look and view problems are different. Well, that's because from the actual functionality and parts of their brain that they use from birth are just different. Yeah. So I think a truer statement we should be leaning towards is all people are the same. Because that one is true. We are all people, so we are all the same. However, within people at large, there are differences between groups, men and women, namely. Yeah. I, I blame the internet. Circling back to the idea of is the internet good or bad, the social change has really been pushed on by whether it be Black Lives Matter in racial disputes or maybe um, feminines, uh, femininity, um, feminists. There it is. <laughs> I was going to get there. Feminists maybe pushing further to the left and then saying that we're the exact same as men and and creating uh, maybe a culture of that that they're the yep. same but yet different. That's the interesting thing with me and Black Lives Matter. Because if you're saying that everybody is the same and we don't see color, then we like Black Lives Matter, of course. White lives matter. Yeah. <laughs> Asian lives matter. Why should there be a Black History Month when it should just be a Human History Month? We actually talked about this over dinner last night. Uh, yes. Where things like that, I personally, and I believe we're pretty much on the same page, 
feel it's actually more racist and discriminatory and quite divisive to have different like activities such as Black History Month to solely focus on one particular group of America, considering we are all one. We are all American, so there's no difference. So as soon as you put something into place to show a visible difference, that's dividing. There doesn't need to be that. We could just have History Month, because it's all of our history. It's not just one. Yeah, yeah. And I, and of course, I'm sure people listening to this maybe have a different opinion, but I, I do think it is divisive, at least maybe not in, well, no, fundamentally, it really just is. Yeah. And, and I get their argument that black people were oppressed historically for a long time. They were typically slaves and stuff, but that's like, they, they weren't all slaves and it wasn't just black people being enslaved. Yeah. And it wasn't just white people doing the slaving. Throughout, throughout all of time. Pretty much every type of people has been in slavery. Yes. It's just been what's happened. Usually the stronger power at the time would just use slaves. And especially before technological advancement, a lot of society needed that to survive. Yes. So it was a terrible evil. But at the time, they couldn't see that because they pretty much needed it as a society to survive. Yeah. Whereas... Now, in America, we put a stop to it. We finally got, like, technologically advanced, and as a society, we advanced our forethinking to the thought where we're like, you know what, we really need to hammer down to this. This is wrong. And we stopped it. Yeah. So I feel like that should be talked about more, where we as a people were able to overcome this entire, like, human history-long problem and we as Americans, we as a people, stopped that together. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't it wasn't just the white people who stopped it. It wasn't just the black people that stopped it. It wasn't any sort of Mexican or Aztecan descent that stopped it. We all did it together. Yes. And I, I feel like that's lost. I think it's really interesting, especially when you look at the older demographic or older ages, particularly ones that maybe typically lean right or more conservative. Because they'll say you need to go to college and get an education. And then you'll go to said college and get the education of like, wait, like, yes, Americans did a lot of bad things to other Americans, but we weren't the only ones. It wasn't like, it wasn't like slavery didn't exist. And then America came along. We're like, all right, black people, you lose. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't that at all. Slavery existed in all cultures well before America existed. and, And even in working through slavery... It wasn't just black people saying, hey, we need to be free. It was white people going, why are we enslaving these people? Yeah. I mean, George Washington had slaves. Yes. Does that make him a terrible person? Makes him a victim of the times. But when he died, he freed all of his slaves. Yeah. Like, he didn't sell them off to someone else. He just said, you're free to go. I feel like we shouldn't look back in time at that time and say they're terrible people for what they did when time deemed it. Yeah. It's like us nowadays... Everybody, everybody listening, they have a smartphone. They use the smartphone every day. Maybe in 50 years time, we learn that using a smartphone somehow gives babies somewhere cancer. So it's incredibly evil. Does that mean that those people look back in time at us right now and say, well, all these people use smartphones. So all of them are evil. They were killing babies. Yes. I. Well, we actually discussed that last week about drugs 
mainly marijuana, people saying it's a health food nowadays and or vaping as as research comes out, it's just like cigarettes. Yeah. We're like, yeah, it's great right now, but it turns out it'll, it'll probably give you cancer and you'll die sooner. Yeah. It It's just a never-ending evolutionary process. And I'm particularly upset at those people that go, well, why didn't we just get there faster? It's so, I don't know. Have you ever tried to get a whole 30 people to agree on one thing? Right. Now try to get 300 million people across millions of square miles to agree on something. Yep. And I feel like in that regard, we should give ourselves a lot of credit because here in the Western world in America, we have the youngest country ever. Yeah. And yet we have banished so much of the evil and had so much technological advancement in our small country's history compared to everyone else. We are leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, finding a problem, getting a solution. It's done. Yeah. No, you're completely right. Because America is very young. I mean, it was only made in 1776. And what is also interesting, and this is something that was noted about the Americas back before they were even constituted as the Americas, people that came over here thought, these people are different. They're interesting. Yeah. They're earthly people. They're together. They're naturally going for the greater good. There's a reason why our constitution is the oldest living one. Yeah. Britain has changed its constitution. France has changed theirs. Australia has changed theirs. America's has stayed the exact same. We've added a few things in the past several hundred years or a few hundred years. Yeah. But by and large, it's the same document. We never once pulled a Germany and rewrote that thing. Exactly. Because Germany rewrote theirs. Like twice in 40 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, given they also had Hitler and two world wars on their hands, but as a, as a point of statement. Yeah. Every civilization has at least changed their founding principles and documentation at least once. Except for us. Except for us. Yes. Which shows just how unified we really are, despite nowadays everyone... Basically coming and saying, you know, we're divisive, we're terrible, we're the most divided country in the world. It's just not true. No, no, it's not. I, I'd wonder, I say we should ponder this idea over this ad read. All right, Ian, we've had a couple, couple of seconds to ponder this idea. It's a really interesting problem. Especially when you're looking at how people change through time. Because we look back at, let's say, the 1950s as like the golden age of America. Yeah. It was after World War II. Post-World War II. The the economy was high. There were jobs. People were loving each other. Women got the right to vote. They were working. Ford was coming out with bitching vehicles. Things were looking (laughs) cool. The music was great. People were like, this is the best. And then when we were in the 70s, they're like, man, dude, the 50s were the best. The 70s suck. And then in the 90s, like, dude, the 70s were where it was at. And then early 2000s were like, dude, this country is terrible. It's gone horribly wrong. 2019, you all remember two, you know, early 2000s when Bill Clinton was in office? I feel like every 20 years, they look back and say the previous 20 years was yep. better. But it's no not, one looks at the present. Yeah, and it's not like the country was at like... and we've degraded to 50%. No. People just look at things with rose-colored glasses. 
I don't know why that is, but we definitely do that. Because the 50s, although it was great, it also sucked in a lot of ways. Yeah. Everything looked the same. Women, despite the fact that they were gathering rights at the time, still weren't completely included in society. When you were building your house in brand new suburbs, you only had a choice of four houses. Right. You had to pick one and they would build it for you. I mean, there were so many great things, but at the same time, black people still didn't have the rights that they have today. Yeah. It it was a lot more divided. There was still a lot more discrimination. There was. Even coming out of World War II, which was a very a very liberal thing. Yeah. Women were working in factories. It was it was the one uniter. Everyone was like We're doing this for the country. Yeah. Yes. Uncle Sam was pointing at everybody saying, I need you to do such and such thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting in hindsight, you can see the flowers that have blossomed. Yes. You've seen the flowers that have grown. The ones we're planting today, the ones we're living through right now, we won't be able to see for another 20 years. That's true. Meaning 20 years down the line, they'll look back at us and be like, wow, look at all the great things they did. Yes. But because we're living it right now, because they're still just seeds, we can't see that. Yeah. Where America, almost universally, as time has gone on has steadily become a better and better place to live for everyone. Yeah. Universally. Yes. And there's been less and less division. Universally. Nowadays, the biggest division and almost the only division, aside from there's certain outliers and extremists everywhere. We'll call them the New York Times. Yeah, we'll call them... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but there's extremists everywhere who still hold hate and whatnot, and you can't get rid of that. That's just human nature. At the core, there is evil in the world. We can't get rid of that completely. But all in all, the only division that we really have nowadays is policy and how to implement it. Yeah. And what I find interesting is, I suppose you could wrap this under the internet conversation, with the advent of social media, everybody is a keyboard warrior. Oh, and yes. And, like, the, the social barriers that used to exist in debate have corroded and no longer do. Yep. A, instead of formally saying, I disagree with your idea here, and this is why, it's, I disagree with you as a person. Yep. It, it's 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 never, I don't like what you're doing. It's, I don't like you. That's that's the problem of what social media brought into any sort of discourse and any sort of ideals is people have who have grown up with social media, the younger generations especially, have been trained and brought up in this where social media is the biggest influence and way to get to other people that they have ever known. Yes. So, to get a populace behind you or to be on what they deem as the winning side or the better side of thing is their sole directive. They may not know what they're arguing about or whatnot, but they don't want to be on the side that people deem as bad or evil or wrong. Yes, yes. So, to that end, an ideal will form. It goes through social media, and as it grows, it snowballs everybody who would side with that idea, if it's a black and white idea, yep. it'll snowball in, and a whole bunch more intricacies and different ideas and whatnot go into that that one ideal. 
And then it becomes a big conglomerate where everybody who believes in this is considered good and whatnot. But if you don't believe that because it's been so big, you're evil and you're wrong. So people are more prone to just hop on board on social media and join those. Yes. And when you join like a big conglomerate with a whole bunch of people, it loses the fact that it's an idea. It's not you as a person. So people will get behind this and then they will identify themselves and their ideals, not identify a person by their ideals. Yes. And, and that that is very specifically something that came in the internet age. Oh, yes. Because people are so connected and yet so not connected. Yeah. I mean, very easily I could reach a thousand people. I mean, my Facebook friends, like the ad friend thing, mm-hmm. I, I never accept anybody as my friend. I I just, I don't know. I mean, it's hundreds of people long. Yeah. If I wanted to, I could get in contact with anyone from anywhere in the world. And it's really difficult to have that ability and, and then disagree with somebody. Because you've got yeah. a connection with somebody, but at the same time, those barriers of discourse are, are gone. And then when you get something so large as I go back to Black Lives Matter because it's such a, a hot button issue in today's world. When you get something that big and you have that many moving pieces, you know, it doesn't take but a couple of bad apples to really ruin the idea. Exactly. People said the same thing with feminists. Feminists used to just want women to be equal. That's usually what it, that's used to be what it was. Typically equal. Yes. And then they move the goalposts according to some. Mm -hmm. And then it creates this national debate where you see people screaming on CNN and Fox news. When in reality you don't, that's not helping anybody. Yeah. No, it's the same thing with, I suppose the easy target to go after would be our president because he's on Twitter a lot, which of course, as we've mentioned, Twitter's a huge fan of, and if only he monetized that shit, yeah, we would be out of debt. I mean, a killing. Oh, dude, the country would be debt free by like next week. Uh, you get a good CPM in there. How about we get Anchor.fm to sponsor Trump and our podcast? We'd be the biggest thing in the world. That is true. We'd be bigger than Joe Rogan. <laughs> yes, the two of us idiots. I, I was going somewhere with this, but anyways, the <laughs> internet. That's kind of like the the. Enlarged topic that I yeah. wanted to, that I wanted to discuss. That's that's where most discourse comes nowadays, which is why I love the internet. Oh yeah, I actually use it every day. I use it for my schooling, as well as I personally like playing games online. Yep, and it's an easy way to basically be doing a common thing, almost like a sport, with other people when you can't be there with them. Which is a good difference. However, the internet is also incredibly toxic because you can't have a conversation. How I see the internet is it brings everybody together, but it doesn't let everybody that comes together actually communicate. There's no communication. The best you can do is throw out a tweet or a Facebook post. 140 characters. Exactly. 140 characters. And that is not enough to actually have a conversation with someone. When you throw that out there, you can't explain it. You can't, you can't 
agree or disagree with someone because of what it is. It's just black and white. Yeah. And when you have things that are so black and white with no conversation, the only thing people can do is either agree or disagree. I also really hate the people that are purposeful provocateurs. <laughs> like, they'll go post something on Facebook. Like, for example, even some some people I knew when we went to high school that have maybe come out as trans or as gay, bi, you know, something else, they've come out as that. Mm-hmm. And then they go post something really provocative on a social media platform followed by a if you don't agree with me you know go screw yourself yep it's like hide behind identity not warranting well it's like you know what i you're painting it as though it's better to be trans than straight just because trans people are treated differently like it's like if you're not gay things like your life isn't as easy for you yeah, it's, it's it's how some of them is how I I personally interpret them. If they're saying yeah. you know, if you're not trans, you know, go, or you're not LGBTQ, go screw yourself. It's like, you know, I'm I'm just me, and you're just you. Why why do you need to be so mean? Yeah, there's no reason. Like I I don't care. Like I'm not I'm not sitting there at night like you know what, man, Elizabeth is, is she's LGBTQ and shit. You know what? That just upset. I'm going to go tell her a thing or two in the morning. No, I don't care. No one does nowadays. Nobody cares. Yeah. but yet, That's the greatest part of America. Nobody cares about you. And yet people are screaming at each other. It, it's ridiculous. Oh, and this was another point I was going to make. We can get off this topic, but it's just <laughs> such an interesting one to me. Um, I was going to say that what it also does, the advent of social media is it makes it very easy for you to get into your own echo chamber. Yeah. Because it's easy to associate with people that only agree with you. Like if you go on the typical teenager's Facebook page or Instagram feed or whatever they may be, it's going to be people that look like them, act like them, identify with them. And that was part of what this young teen was saying in that interview I watched yesterday that he was on the internet and he thought the internet was so instrumental in his life because he came out as gay Mm-hmm. And that he didn't have any gay role models in his everyday life. His parents were supportive, but, you know, they're a straight couple that are just living a regular median life. Yeah. And so through the internet, he found role models, other gay people that he could relate with. And I... Fundamentally, as good as that is, as good as it is to feel connected with somebody... Yeah. Putting yourself in your own echo chamber because it's safe or because you're not challenging your ideals at some basic level isn't the best thing to be doing no, for it's, yourself. it's not healthy. It's and there's no healthy. room to grow. There's no room to grow, exactly. And like, <laughs> it, it's, yes. I don't want to trip over you. I don't want to cut you off or, or get in your way, but it is very unhealthy because especially as a teacher, I see a lot of this where kids that exist only in their world come into a a classroom setting where it is very specifically my job to challenge your ideas. I'm not here to tell you what to think, but I'm here to challenge what you know. Yeah. And some kids, and more and more in today's world, cannot respond in a healthy manner to that sort of pressure. They have to go to a safe space, or they can't be pushed like that. I know schools that they have... EBD kids that are, you know, uh, endangered or behaviorally disordered kids that um, they have separate rooms in the school 
that they call blue rooms. There's just there's yep. padding on the walls. There are kids they can go in there and they can just lose their mind for twenty minutes and then come back out. That's not helping anyone. It's that to me is so mind boggling. You see it's a band aid. Yeah. And if you throw that band aid on, the problem is then they never learn how to overcome maybe their disability or what's bothering them, their anxiety. As soon as you keep taking away the chance for them to overcome that, the longer they're going to be stuck in it. Yes. Yes. And I also think that sometimes social stigma can can be a negative. When oh. you, especially when talking about anxiety, depression. There are so many kids that I've ran into. They're like, I have anxiety. Or I, I have social anxiety. I have depression. I, and you talk to them like, well, you know, what happened? What's wrong? The internet is always the first one. People judging them, people bullying them, people being mean, or it's just a social pressure that they put on themselves. Like I woke up today, not happy. I must be depressed. I need to go on pills Yeah. or I need to have an eating disorder so I can get recognized or so I can get noticed by people. When the reality of the situation is, is that you're going to have bad days. I have bad days all the time. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I need to be put on something that messes with the chemicals in my brain. Yeah. And I think people that almost strive for that issue, almost are like, you know, I can be like them. Now I can relate to them. I think that is, it's such a dangerous thing because it tells kids that they, they can't be successful. And they, that to me is harmful. Especially for you as a doctor, that has to be harmful because at some point you're like, listen, there, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Yep. You're, you're just a, you're just 11. Like it just happens at 11. Yep. You're going to light a candle and write some weird poetry. And the biggest problem is as like a physician, if a parent and their child comes to you and they're like, we're depressed and we're, they put themselves in this dark spot, they're not looking for advice or ways to help out they want me to somehow fix it but the problem is if there's not a definable problem if it's if it doesn't technically exist for there to fix there's nothing i can give them or do for them that will benefit them the best possible thing i could even try is antidepressants the problem with antidepressants is about 90% of them 95% are actually a depressant, meaning they dampen the neurosynapses between your neurons for a slower response. And if they don't actually have like a clinical depression or their actual brain chemistry telling them that they are depressed, that can quite possibly make them depressed because if they're putting themselves in that mental state and then they start a medication that dampens basically their nervous system, they're going to relate that new feeling to their depression and it's going to put them in actual depression. Yeah. And then I can't do anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're right. A lot of people, like if they go in with their young child, they're looking for pills. Yeah. They're looking for a quick fix that, listen, if we, if we do a, we get B. Yep. When in reality, I think lifestyle is a huge thing. Yeah. Like I, I know a lot of people that have dealt with depression, like symptoms or people that have actually gone through depression and came out the other side and like, yeah, like, believe it or not, eating healthily. Right? Eating, exercising. Exercising. And I'm not saying go to the gym five days a week and do heavy lifting. No. Go for a walk. 
one or once or twice a week you need to get out and you need to get some fresh air in your lungs. Yes. You need to get your heart rate up even just a bit. Yeah. Cuz that'll that'll help your entire body basically go back to a healthy norm. It'll pump blood a bit faster, flush out any sort of bad I don't want to say juju, but pretty much bad juju yeah, in right? the blood. Yep. And your lungs will take in fresh fresh oxygen, which is good for them. It'll help them keep their elasticity, get nice, strong breaths, and you'll feel better. Yeah. I think sleep is also an underrated thing. If, like, if you're not getting seven, eight hours of sleep a night, there is an actual chemical difference oh, yes. that occurs. I know so many people that are like, you know... I'm so terribly depressed. I, you know, the, the world, the weight of the world is crushing down on me. It's like, how much did you sleep last night? Well, I took a couple hour nap. Okay. Or they'll say, oh, I got eight hours of sleep last night. Okay. How much sleep have you gotten in the past two weeks? Right. Or the past week? How about the past month? Because unless you're employing systematic things where, okay, I go to bed at 11 o'clock and I get up at... 7.30. That's eight and a half hours of sleep. Even if it's not particularly good sleep, let's say you get woken up in the middle of the night or something, mm-hmm. it is still enough time where your body can rejuvenate. Yeah. And then it can it can work on the next day's problems. Because so many people, they'll stay up all night, let's say it's studying, because we're college students, so yeah. it's most obvious that studying would be the thing to keep you up at night. Well, if you don't sleep, you're going to be more tired the next day. So you're not going to be able to focus in class. So then you're going to spend all night studying and you're not going to get it because you're going to be clouded and foggy. You're not going to really be there. So then you're not going to sleep. And it's just this big cyclical cycle. Yeah. And then people walk in and they're like, yeah, I'm super depressed. Well, of course you are. You're not treating yourself <laughs> yeah. like a sane human being would. You're just incredibly tired. You, you, you got to get rid of that. Yes. It is way more beneficial for you just to go to sleep and let your spine decompress. Let... You, you know, refresh your brain, give yeah. it a break. Yep. Then it is to spend an extra four hours of studying. That's not going to help you because then you're just going to be even more worn out when you actually need to use it. Yes. I actually implemented something like that a couple of years ago. I was like, you know what? If I'm up past midnight, I, it's just, there's nothing productive going on. It's just, there's just not. So why don't I go to bed? And I started getting a full eight hours of sleep. Dude, I cannot tell you how much better my life got. I immediately started eating healthier because I was eating breakfast in the morning. I was eating a a more on-time lunch because I wasn't getting up at some wonky time. My dinners were, you know, healthier. Started getting out playing more golf or not not even a specific sport, but just just allowing that decompression time. Night and day. I, I don't study nearly as much as other people do for school. But the studying I do is much more focused. Mm-hmm. Instead of spending eight hours studying, I'll spend two hours of super focused, attentive studying, and then I will move on with my life. Yeah. And that, I mean, of course, it doesn't work for everybody. But by and large, if you look at scientific data, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're way better off in life. If you can't eat healthy, if you can't exercise, if you can't get rid of stress in your life, just sleep. That's the number one thing. Like yeah. You could just 
easily make no everything your better. your girlfriend's always so happy. She's always yeah. sleeping. The sleeps 18 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how can you have stresses when you're only up six hours? Yeah, though? exactly. I mean, you, know, you wake up like, oh, look, another day. Well, nap time. So if anything else, if you don't care about the medical benefits, think of that. If you sleep a full eight hours, you only have 16 <laughs> oh, hours yes. left of the day to worry about. <laughs> That might be the worst piece of consumer <laughs> advice we've ever given. But weirdly true. Yeah. There is something to be said for You're overly stressed out. You're cutting back on the amount of time you're awake to be stressed out. That's right. And if you're stressed out less, or if you have less time to be stressed... You're less stressed. You're less stressed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you cannot argue with the facts, okay? It's just how it is. I had a... An interesting conversation with somebody the other day um, at the collegiate level. Oh. We're having a discussion about um, things like sleep and taking care of yourself and stuff like that. And it was interesting to see the difference between people. Because like I said, I, I'm not some super healthy guy. Like I don't go running every day of the week. I don't go to the gym like I used to. Because I used to go to the gym five days a week. I don't do any of that. But just consistency. A consistent, consistent healthy norm. Versus somebody that doesn't. I mean, my output is consistently a higher level than theirs. I mean, it just is. Yeah. And they're struggling or, you know, worrying about how the heck they're going to do on this test or how the heck they're going to pass this class. And I, I don't worry. I don't know. Like, I did the work. So, like, what, what the heck does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Hey, not bad for a guy who's been called uh, unintelligent over here. Yeah, not bad, right? I will never live that down so long as I live. That one will stick. That's one of the few things that will stick with me. That one that one really gets under my skin. I don't know why it would. It, it's just not true. So why do you let it get there? No, but why would somebody say that about you? Because they know it'll stick with you. Yeah, but... Like, in the context of, like, the whole situation, to be called unintelligent by somebody, by two people, actually, like, back-to-back -back within three days. It's any consolation. Mine didn't count. <laughs> 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 yes, you're having a lovely debate with someone over dog breeding. <laughs> and apparently I, because I didn't, because I didn't know anything about dog breeding, I'm the unintelligent one of the group now. I yeah. don't understand how that works. Uh I will never live that one down. That one keeps me up at night. You know those things like where you lay down in bed and you're like, huh, that's interesting. Or like you're in the shower and some weird thought pops into your head. That's mine. I'll just be sitting around one day like, hmm, people think you're unintelligent. It'll affect my whole day. You shouldn't let that's that happen. That's probably not healthy, is it? No, that's, when that's, I say that's loud, really not really healthy. Not healthy. <laughs> in my head it sounded like, you know, like it's a, I made a positive out of it. You know, no. like I strive to be better. No, that, that seems like making a roadblock out of it. <laughs> I do strive to be better because of it. Uh -huh. Every time I think, yeah, I'm unintelligent. Like, I study a little harder. Or I, I go read a book or something. Yeah, but it also gets you down, which is not good. I don't know if it gets me down. You just said it impacts the whole day. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, maybe it does get me down a little bit. Just the healthy amount of down, though. You know, for what it's worth... I think you're intelligent. <laughs> do you? I do. Thank you. That's very kind yeah. of you. It's certainly not a forced compliment because you're sitting in front of me. I, I just said that an insecurity of mine is that I think I'm unintelligent. 
Yeah, see, but... the perks of being in person. <laughs> you get that true. personal touch. That's he true. can sit here and guilt trip me into yes. saying what, yes, I, we were, what he wants me to say. If we were over text, you could go any which way with that conversation. Yeah, but now exactly. that I'm staring you dead in your blue eyes, you're forced to say that I'm intelligent. And now it's on tape for the rest of the world to hear. This is true. But really, I worked you over big time on that <laughs> one. <laughs> That's quite all right. That is. Do you have anything like that? Where it's one of those things that's like that sticks with you. Maybe it's some something someone told you one time. You're like, gosh, dang it, they're wrong. I know they're wrong, but they still think it. I don't think anybody's ever told me that, because I may be some would call a brash person. <laughs> I I have been called worse, so I. Yeah, yeah, we're just narrowing it down. Yeah, just simmering it. Yes. Anyhow, I don't really care what people think of me. Having said that, myself, it's not anything in particular, but what sticks with me is I have inner monologues with myself all the time, <laughs> and no one knows how to bash you down like yourself. You're right. You, you screw one thing up, it won't even be big. I'll be like signing a check somewhere to send in a bill. I'll accidentally forget to dot a T, seal the envelope, and I'll just... Let loose on myself. Like, how dare you you're, screw that up? You're right. I did that on the way over here. I got all my stuff over here. I forgot to bring my actual, like, mixer to plug my microphone in. I Yeah. It's like, Billy, you get all sorts of cuss words to myself. Like, you complete idiot. I do it on the golf course all the time. Make one bad swing. It's like I'm the worst person I've ever met in my entire life. I'm the biggest idiot of all time. It's like, dude. You're playing the world's most casual sport. Yeah, right. Like, what, th- why does this matter? Like, you're not, I'm not even playing in a tournament or anything. I'll just be, like, practicing. I'll be doing the one thing that makes you better at something and mess something up and be like, well, you idiot. Why would you do something like yeah. that? I have that same mentality to myself. I, I feel like you let loose a little. I'll do it. I have one fear in life, and that's the fear of failure. Yeah. I, we've spoken about this before. And I feel like that's why I get in so much, you know, inner turmoil with myself. <laughs> because if you have the fear of failure, you have to do everything right. You can't accept that you did something wrong because then you didn't succeed. Yes. You failed. And that's the biggest problem. So in all things I do in life, even if it's practicing or doing something I've never done before, I need to succeed it. That is my problem. I, I can't let myself fail anything i can't let myself any room for improvement no i have to be up top or i will not be happy with myself yes yes and like i said last night i did the same thing except one day i went to bed and woke up a loser i don't have it like three, I, I kid you not like three years ago i went to bed i woke up i've been holding l's ever since like there's a steady stream of l's just feeding my way ah uh, that's making you a better person no it's not i liked it better when i was a winner <laughs> When I woke up and just had to be the best person in the world at everything that I did. Or in my world, at least. Of course, yeah. the world is difficult, but... I I genuinely... I tell people that all the time. What I deem as good advice. I'll tell everyone. No matter what you're doing, be it your profession, breaking a world record, or boiling water for noodles, put everything you can and do the best possible job you can in everything you do. Yep. Or don't do it because it's not worth doing. Yeah. Do the very best you can. Exactly. And, and your best will do. Exactly. I think that's a, that's a important thing I tell my students all the time. 
If you try your best, I mean your honest best, it doesn't matter like you didn't sleep well the night before something's stressing you out, like your best isn't consistent day to day. Yeah. But on any given day, if you try your best, your best will do. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Well, it's true. There's been such a slide of late where people just gloss over things. They'll toss out something and be like, yeah, I tried. But they don't actually try. It may not matter in what they're doing. Maybe it's just a homework assignment they don't need to really care about. Yep. But if you don't put the time and actually try in it, you're cheating yourself. You're not cheating anybody else. Yep. Like, there's no reason for you to do something unless you're going to do it. Yeah. That's how one actually accomplishes th- things in life. That's how one improves. That's how you become a better person. Yeah. You, no one has ever become successful or fulfilled their dreams or whatnot doing something half-ass. That's true. A lot of people have fallen ass backwards into things. Exactly. But they worked hard enough to make it work for them. Yeah. There's, you're right. There is a lot to be said about that inner, that inner fire of like, if I'm going to do it, we're going to do the very best job possible. Otherwise, exactly. what's the point? Yep. I think some people need to take that attitude more when it comes to college. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not, I don't need to do this homework assignment. Like, I'll pass the class anyways. Yeah, but if you don't do the homework assignment, you're not going to gain the you're not going to reaffirm the knowledge you learned in yeah. class so now you're going to be dumber than the person that did the homework assignment exactly if you can stand being dumber than someone else go for it <laughs> i guess but that upsets me like yeah. cuz at the end of the day i'm competing for a job against that person exactly so i'm going to be the best and even if you're not competing directly against someone in school maybe it's just a hobby of yours maybe you like to bowl if you go out bowling and you don't care you just kind of throwing the ball down there occasionally you'll get a spare. There's no reason to do that. It's because you're cheating yourself. You're still competing with yourself and what you want to do. If you're not giving it your all, you're not actually doing that. Yeah. You're just floating by. You're doing nothing. (laughs) Pretty much. You're being a vegetable in that moment. Yeah. That's why I like golf so much because it's like, it's you versus the course. Yeah. And I find that like, internally to be a lot of fun it's like we're gonna try super hard at this and like we're gonna care a lot about it and do yeah. the best we can and i'm not saying then you should take everything super seriously no of course you could still have fun with things but there's a difference between ha- having fun with things and just having leisurely time and not putting any effort into things yes there's a huge difference huge difference one that i suppose we can ponder over the next week so i guess really we ended this on a great note People out there listening, do the best you can. Otherwise, don't. it's not worth doing it. Like a gentleman's chat. Listen to it the best you can. Listen to all of them. Go watch them back. Learn a couple things. Get some Gentleman Jack. Drink it down smoothly over, over the rocks. And have yourselves a fantastic rest of your week.